Welcome into the Beaver Post Game Call-In Show. I'm TJ Matthewson alongside Garrett Dorschek. The Beavers fall down in Tucson 27-24. to This Beaver Post Game Call-In Show is presented by University Honda. Drive home your new Honda from University Honda, the other university in Corvallis. They make buying a car easy, 2150 Northwest 9th Street, or online at uhonda.com. You can contribute to this show in a couple of different ways. The phone line is already occupied on both lines. The Downward Dog phone line and the University Honda text line at 541-497-5356. There's a lot of ways to digest this game. I don't know where to start with assessing the blame. We've got a lot of angles to hack this game uh, apart at. I thought Jim Wilson broke it down in that first uh, post-game segment pretty well alongside some other things and the blatantly obvious like the 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 fate the failed fake field goal attempt at the end of the first half and some of the some of the offensive structure in the game it really just wasn't great for Oregon State and the consequence now uh for how the rest of the season looks for the expectations some of you might have had is not great it's not but I'll let you uh get in and chime in on this Beaver post game call in show 541497 5356, the Downward Dog phone line, and the University Honda text line. Leading us off, Andy and Mitchell. Andy, good at, uh, good morning, nearly. Oh, good morning, TJ. I'm low. I'm low. There's some days that I wish I would have graduated from University Honda instead of Oregon State, <laughs> and today is one of those days. So what, what's uh, what's on the top of your mind, Andy? Oh, I don't know. I've been wringing my hands over this game since August, and everybody poo-pooed it, except for my friend Jim Wilson, the educator at Fort Vancouver, of course. And, you know, I guess this is why I was stressed out, because you knew this is exactly, if I would have had a reoccurring nightmare, if my sleep paralysis demon had lined out a loss for me, this is exactly how it would have gone. And it's how it was always going to go. On the road, in Tucson, late night, we absolutely stroke like 15 little TIA mini strokes. And here we are at six and two instead of seven and one. We never should have lost in Pullman. We screwed ourselves on the margin for error. And then we go down to Tucson and we knew it was going to happen. It was going to be quirky. It was going to be weird. It was going to be anything but fun. Um, and here we are. Here we are. This is what happens. This is what happens when you're not on the details, when you get out coached and when you lose the special teams battle. Coaching, I thought, was was a huge disappointment tonight with two weeks to prepare. I, 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 well, everyone can point to that that call at the end of the half, but there's some play calling as well that I, I didn't think was great. I didn't think they adjusted well, uh, especially in the second half when it came to, to, to operating the offense efficiently. No, not at all. And there, there's just, and this is what, I know so many Beaver fans can relate to, but this is what absolutely just irks me beyond all belief is whenever we've lost, and again, I'm not, I'm, this isn't a complaint. I'm very happy to be here to be competitive in every game. We've been to the depths, as I said on the Joe Beaver show this week, you cannot hurt us. We have been to the depths of Hades. There's nothing you can do to Beaver fans to truly hurt us. But this is what irks me. This is my complaint in the Jonathan Smith era 
is when we lose, it is in the most excruciating fashion possible. And every time we lose, there are probably 15 to 20 plays, not one or two, 15 to 20 plays that like, okay, one of those goes differently, we win. And that's probably what hurts the most. What else you got, Andy? Well, um, I just, yeah, I, I'm, I think, I think, you know, some people get mad at the end of the defense, you know, missing tackles. And again, that needs to be cleaned up, but, um, Really, they, you know, like Jim Wilson said on the post game, you know, you give up 27, you expect to win that game. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think this one's, of course, special teams, the easy scapegoat in that play call, but the offense seemed to do more. I was, you know, DJ had taken some steps in the last month and I was a little bit disappointed. Um, there was a lot of times where he had a clean pocket, three, four, five seconds, and I got to believe. You know, I don't know. I don't have the all 22 available right now. It's fresh off the loss, but I got to believe somebody was open downfield and then he's mm-hmm. on his heels holding the ball too long. Yeah. Um, and I felt like it still feels like he, he is a good runner, but it's only on the designed run plays. Like when he has time, there's probably three or four times where I'm like he could have got five yards and he just gets back to the line of scrimmage because he waits too long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that hesitancy that was, was there a couple times. Yeah, that was disappointing. And I was ready to heap on the praises when he tweeted out this week about Tali getting all the recognition and called him a super oost. I mean, I was stoked. I was like, this is this is cloud nine for me. We have so many ooses on this team. I was ready to go. But, um, yeah, he just, you know, he made some good throws. Even late you saw it, but it was just, it just wasn't enough and, I think even, you know, even on Charles drive, like I will say it was, it was great to get that completion. I think they called it as the play of the game on the post game show, um, to gold, the long pass downfield, but it's still like, again, there's a few, there's just a little bit of just a little too late, a little too much air under it. Like that could have been a touchdown from Charles and yeah. it was a moon, a moon ball and he had to slow up to catch it. It's just, you know, just a lot of those plays you want back. And I guess that's the most, frustrating and you know it's still you know the Pac-12 championship is still out there if they went out there is a path to that but um again the margin margin for error it's just it's just one of those games you wanted to have you felt like the team was ready for it they knew it was on the line and still it wasn't I guess the most frustrating thing and, and you can speak to this maybe but it, it's that you still feel like you came away beating yourself so let me ask you Andy uh as a, as a Beaver fan then, because I'm thinking about this, you know, the Beavers go from one loss and and all the postseason potential out there to now you've the, the most important part of the postseason is now unavailable to you and you cannot do that. Does that take away from anything else at the rest of the season for you? I don't think it should. I mean, just knowing where we've come from, where we've been again, like a you know, Beaver fans are, are kind of immune to pain at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. it sucks. We get our hopes up, but um, I think, and if this, this locker room is what I think it is, if this coaching staff is what I think it is, I mean, absolutely not. Yeah, you might not. I mean, the CFP is probably, you know, out of the question at this point. But um, I would think there's plenty of motivation to go out and win the Pac-12 when 10 other teams stab you in the back and are trying to get you to the Big Sky or to, or the GNAC with Western Oregon. Um, yeah, I think that's plenty of motivation to get to Vegas and come out on top of the Pac-12, even mm-hmm. if the CFP is out of the question. 
and be able to say, yeah, in the last year when everybody tried to screw us and, and cast us away, we we ran the table when all the odds were against us. So I, I would hope that they would come back from with some resolve. I expect them to, again, with this culture that's been established, the kids that are on the team, the coaching staff in place. Um, I would hope they don't lack for any motivation, um, especially especially when you're playing Judas back-to-back weeks in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got anything else, Andy? Oh, no, I think that's it, TJ. I, I, actually, one parting shot for the rest. Sure. Merle Jr. told me their, that Merle Jr. told me their punter was not good, and he bombed like an 80-yarder, called him out, and he said it's not their regular punter. So I'd like, to, I'd like you to investigate that for me and, and see if that's true or not. Arizona's punter? Yeah, Arizona's punter. I, I was under the, the impression that he wasn't good. And then he bombed, like, again, he, as my I don't know what direction it was going. He either kicked it over the border or back to Chandler, depending <laughs> on what direction it was. But I would just like to say he is a good punter. And I was told that wasn't the real punter. So uh, if you could look into that, that would be great. Yeah, I'll, have my, I'll get my producer on that. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Andy. All right, we got... Tyler on line two. Let's go to Tyler. Tyler, good evening. Oh, uh, hello, TJ. How are we doing, uh, Tyler? Kind of, uh, I'm hoping you can kind of uh, talk me off the ledge because I'm uh, not doing too great after that game. Well, it's part it's of my the, job uh, description. You're lucky. Yeah, it's an it's another road game that has some importance to it that we ended up uh, not succeeding in. Um. So there's a there's a couple of things that I thought uh, thought about, especially during the post game show. I don't uh, I don't say this enough, but I think we have the best color analyst that's actually working in uh, football radio in Jim Wilson because mm-hmm. he's always pointing out things that let's see. Every time he talks, I learn something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, let's see. He mentioned something about the DJ not being able to uh, let's see throw the ball because we weren't running any intermediate routes. All the receivers were either going uh, were usually going on like long bombs, but we didn't really have any, I guess, checkdowns, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that's an oversight in the offensive strategy or what. Over aggressiveness, maybe because they weren't hitting any of those deep shots, and I, I, they did hit a couple down there at the end of the game when they needed to. But uh, overall, I thought that was the most lacking part of the offense overall. And when you when you are when you're really focused on those deep shots, I guess you kind of limit yourself because then you'll get behind the sticks and it, you you back yourself up against the wall. And I think. I think the inability to execute that, if that's what you're calling a majority of the time, will uh, throw your offense off, and that, that's what we saw tonight. Yeah, I think it's something that Bears first are looking at. Also, I don't, let's see, I've already mentioned before, let's see, my concern about uh, the uh, tackling. I'm a little I, I think the defense played overall a little better tonight, but it's seems like it's still like the first person to make contact isn't usually the person who uh, makes the tackle. Also, what I found interesting was ESPN showed a graphic at the uh, end of the fourth quarter when we were getting close to the end of the game. 
yards after catch, Oregon State had something like 35, and Arizona had something like 190. Ooh, 190. That's a, that's a lot. I know Arizona's got a short passing game. Uh, I can pretty sure I can see yards after catch here. I'll poke around and look on my uh, my stat sheet, Tyler. What else you got? Uh, let's see. Well, the uh, let's see. Well, we lost. Well, we lost any shot at the playoff tonight, which means we lost any shot at going to the Rose Bowl, and we also lost control of our own uh, uh, destiny as far as the Pac-12 is concerned. But I didn't expect the uh, biggest problem to be like us and not the uh, other team. Now. I'm going to like. I'm going to prerequisite this by saying, like, I love Jonathan Smith, and uh, I think he is the best coach for us. But for 25 seconds at the end of the first half tonight, I feel like he did more harm than Arizona did for the rest of the game. 100. percent Yeah, because it was not and only it was not only the field goal was not taking the timeout. Not just that, um, the fact that he didn't take the field. Uh, Field goal, right? You've got those, you've got those missing three points hanging over you for the entire second half. Yep. Deciding to make that decision didn't just take three points, uh, three points there. It affected every play call in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, it did. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much all I got, DJ. All right, Tyler, appreciate you giving us a call here tonight. 541-497-5356, the Downward Dog phone line, University Honda text line. Man, we got a few texts to get to. Let's run through a few before we go to our first commercial break. Someone uh, mentioning Shallow Sanders getting kicked out for targeting, out for the first half uh, next week, not looking past tonight's game. Well, this was obviously, yeah, this was before kickoff. Uh, Appreciate that text. Uh, Glenny texting... Something that I can't see. Okay. Uh, S, adding in fourth quarter. Uh, this was in the fourth quarter. Very frustrated with the defense missing tackles and being out of position constantly. Not sure at this point who wins slash loses this game because of uh, because of the time. I will say I think that we lose uh, two porous on D. The Beavs will lose two more. Sadly, think 10 wins is the ceiling. Okay. Uh, defense was an issue. Maybe not my number one, but thank you for that text S as labeled there. So Dave from Tumwater texting in, please note the timestamp of 10:53 PM with this text message is Smith is going to mail in a coaching performance in the most important game in 10 to 15 years. Why should I stay up late and lose sleep to comment on it? Dave from Tumwater. I'm sure we'll hear from Dave on Monday. Dave, I hope you're sleeping soundly. Uh, not Dave from Tumwater, not a fan of the Jonathan Smith coaching performance tonight. And I think there's some blame to go around coaching staff. I think there's players as well. Um, defense, offense, special teams. Some of those returns in the second half, those were pretty porous, I will say, on kick coverage. Three-point loss. Uh, nice bonehead call with the fake field goal try in the first half, Johnny. You cost your team a possible win in a meaningful postseason. Don't always overthink things. You're not that smart. Okay. Uh, thank you. I believe this is Mark texting in. Thank you, Mark. Um, all right. Well, that sends us into our first commercial break. 541-497-5356. The Downward Dog phone line and the University Honda text line alongside Garrett Dorshek. I'm TJ Matthewson. Early morning, Sunday morning here on the 
29th of October. Happy Halloween to all those celebrating here this weekend. Uh, if you're at a Halloween party and want to call in, please do. 541-497-5356 on Joe Radio. Middleton Heating has been here helping you for 74 years, 24 hours a day. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating and cooling equipment. Heating unit trouble you? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. For new equipment, Middleton offers several financing options and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. Don't forget Middleton's custom sheet metal shop is still taking orders, large or small. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, and sheet metal needs. Online at MiddletonHeating.net. Come visit the OSHA Beaver Store, the official store for Oregon State University. Their nonprofit stores are run by a passionate team of beaver fans just like you. For more than a century, the OSHA Beaver Store has been providing Beaver Nation with the best beaver gear, gifts, and accessories. Stop into one of their stores or visit them online at OSHABeaverStore.com. Remember, as part of their nonprofit mission, your purchase directly supports OSU students. The Ocean Beaver Store, supporting student success since 1914. And go Beavs! Do you ever experience headaches or how about back pain? Here at Horesco Chiropractic, we truly believe that everybody deserves to live a life without pain. Our doctors will get to the root of your condition and create a custom treatment plan to help you get back to living the best version of your life. Our patients often say how amazed they feel to live a life with less pain after they have experienced how effective chiropractic care is. Start on the journey of improved health by giving us a call today or visiting our website at horesco.com. Horesco Chiropractic in Corvallis. We really can make a world of difference for you. Love your look at the Natty Dresser. Summer is fading into the past and fall fashions are arriving at the Natty Dresser. You'll find a great selection of casual and business attire, hats to shoes and everything in between, and all of it can be tailored for you. Find the perfect fit. The Natty Dresser on the corner of 2nd and Broad Alban. Dress well, be confident, find success. Love your look at the Natty Dresser. The Natty Dresser at Albany. Touchdown, Beaver! If you're ready to tackle your financial game plan, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. Back on the Beaver postgame call-in show. TJ Matthewson with you in our KEJO studios. Garrett Dorschek helping out on the phone lines. This postgame call-in show is presented by University Honda. The other university in Corvallis, they make buying a car easy. You can find them up on 2150 Northwest 9th Street in Corvallis or online at uhonda.com. You're looking for a car in the Corvallis area, go check out our friend's at University Honda. 541-497-5356, the Downward Dog phone line and the University Honda text line, the ways to contribute to this program here early on Sunday morning, October 29th. Alan is in L.A. We'll check in with him uh, down in California. Alan, good evening. Good evening to you. You were scared of having to watch the ESPN coverage. I mean, the thing is, maybe people watched it on that. Oh, I watched. We had to listen to the... Uh, you had to listen to the commentators on ESPN because I couldn't think up Joe Radio, and it was dreadful. I mean, uh, yeah. They, yeah, yeah, Alan, they, I watched. They obviously, 
Yeah, <laughs> other than other than other than giving some nice props to Anthony Gould, the rest of the time they were just slamming Oregon State. It was just hard to listen to. I don't even know if it was them slamming Oregon State. It just seemed like their information was very jumbled. They called them the Ducks a couple times. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not convinced they were actually there, which is even worse. Ah, they, 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 were, they were missing some of the action calls. They were seemed unsure of the outcomes and some of the plays, which, you know, right. just it just kills the broadcast. And it, 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 was, well, it was a bad product. Plus, they kept calling each other partner, which I found to be a little bit annoying over time. So. Yeah. So anyway, going going to the game, I, I, I the thing is, I know the defense, the defense has had some injuries. I get some key injuries. I get that. But how much of it was how good Arizona was in terms of offense? How much it was Oregon State's defense just not being able to stop them? I think it was a mix because I mean Arizona's played pretty well on offense, and we know the Beaver defense hasn't traveled very well on the road. But I. I just have a hard time pinning this game on the defense. When we look on the offensive side and see how much was left out there, uh, I, like circling around to the defense and saying and, and pointing and, and saying the Arizona offense went out and won this game, and, um, and and the Oregon State defense really didn't play well enough to 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 win. I'm like, I I I, I just don't know if I'm all uh, I'm quite there yet. But um, I, I would say a mix, Alan. Fair enough. No, I, I, that's why I asked. I wasn't yeah. quite sure because, uh, I mean, I, I mean, maybe I was one of the few people who thought that that the uh, Jonathan Smith call at the end of the second half. I kind of liked that aggressiveness. Kind of like that. Had it worked, it would have. He would have been a hero. If it didn't, oh well. But maybe I just prefer that kind of that kind of football. Maybe it's just me. But yeah, that was hanging over the, <laughs> the entire second half. That missed field. That uh, missed opportunity to score the field goal. My one other question for you is that in watching Martinez, I remember when I would watch the games last season, I, he was unstoppable. Yeah. Okay. Now, he's still good, but is there something different, or am I missing something in terms of Martinez, in terms of his ability to penetrate? Uh, he didn't get the volume of carries, I would say, tonight. He didn't get his opportunity to really wear down the defense. It didn't seem like anything in the running game was wearing down Arizona tonight. Mm-hmm. Because I kind of noticed also he wasn't what I was expecting when you when played UCLA. I mean, I mean, Oregon State won the, the game against the Bruins, which is great fun to watch, by the way, here in L.A. But um, I, I thought that, I mean, like I said, I'm used to Martinez just, just basically doing almost running at will and haven't quite seen that the last couple games. But again, maybe am I missing something here? Or is, or is he still doing pretty well? Or uh, is he not quite what it was last from last season? I think he's right where he was last season. I think, I think if you look at his yards per carry, he's right in line with what he was doing last year. Again, maybe it's just perception maybe with the, the, the result of the game. And uh, he split carries last year, and I, I guess he also finished last year a lot stronger, and we're not also we're not down the stretch run last year. By this point last year, he, wasn't, he was barely starting at this point, I believe, if I remember correctly. So it, mm-hmm. it's, it's still kind of a mix, and he was also you know the new kid on the block last year, and the expectations are now significantly higher this year. So uh, when he only does what he did last year, you might view that as him not doing as well as he potentially could be. Fair enough. Well, I'll keep listening and keep watching, and I still hold hope that they're going to do something good this season because the Pac-12 has just been really tough this year, and who knows what's going to happen. I don't think everything, anything's done yet. And just to let you know, I was also watching the USC um, uh, the uh, USC Cal game, and that was a complete debacle. Mm-hmm. And the fact that USC got away with that victory is pretty, just pretty silly for lack of a better term. Yeah, <laughs> so, I agree. Like I said, anything can happen with the Pac-12 this year. So I don't think Oregon State is can, can be counted out, and I'm still going to enjoy the game. So 
I appreciate what you folks do. All right. Thanks, Alan. Appreciate the call all the way down from Southern California. 541-497-5356, the number to text or call the University Honda text line, the Downward Dog phone line. Before we get to Drew, I will mention Tyler is listening, uh, and he mentioned a stat to me. I will confirm that you are correct, Tyler, the uh, yards after catch stat. 61 for the Beavers, 187 for Arizona. That's a little bit built into Arizona's offense. The Beavers, you know, trying to tack yards through the air. Arizona a little bit more catch and run uh, after the fact. Let's go to Drew on the Downward Dog phone line. Drew, good evening. Yeah, hi there. I I still am. I only heard it on the radio. So you were watching on TV, I guess, too. Mm-hmm. But my question is, I really think that changed the whole game was when it's a 10-10 with three seconds left in the first half, and they're on the 34-yard line to kick a field goal, or, you know, to make a 34-yard field goal, and they did this fake thing. Yeah. I don't really understand. I, I, I know Jonathan at time has done different things, you know, to uh, that his aggressiveness or assertiveness, but I I don't understand the benefit of that at all. I don't either. And I, uh, it, I just, I just want to... Help me. I want to get your opinion on sure. that, really. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I, I do like aggressiveness. If he really thought he could have scored there, I would have rather him just lined up and went for it. But I, Jim Wilson pointed something out that kind of flew over my head when I was watching the game. They had already, earlier on, on the previous drive, when Aiden Childs and company were, were driving down, um, they were inside the 15-yard line, they're going to kick a field goal. It's what, uh, I think it was fourth down and two, they lined up for that short field goal, uh, and they showed the same look, but the play was blown dead because there was a delay of game, and they showed the pitch play. So then they pull it out okay. the drive after, and even if Jonathan says, oh, yeah, we, we like the look we saw, well, Arizona has already seen that look, which makes it even more flabbergasting. Besides the fact, even if Arizona hadn't seen that look, you're telling me that a field goal that you, your kicker needed to run at least 20 yards to get into the end zone with no right. time remaining before the half, I, like that's just not selling me. I, w- I wasn't a huge fan of that play. I thought it was the wrong decision. In a game like that, I thought taking the points was the uh, right decision, especially with only two seconds left before the half. If it was the middle of a quarter, I would have, if like Jonathan really felt like he wanted to go score a touchdown, I would have said just go for it. But in that situation, yeah, you have to kick. You have to. Atticus Sappington's not, not a running back. Yeah, I didn't understand it either. And especially uh, when Arizona, they knew they were going to get the ball on the you know the beginning of the second half. Yeah. And uh, with, a, with a score of 10-10, they would make it 13-10. Our, our field goal kicker, what, he's he's really good. What does he make, like 90% of his shots, you know, field goal kicks? Sappington's I mean, been, you know, been pretty good, given. yeah. Yeah, he's been. Yeah, I mean, good. it was a given that he would have made it. I, I, I really don't understand the benefit of that at all of that call. I really think that's what torched them uh, the rest of the game. You know, certainly. And, um, yeah, certainly one so of I the think, factors. And I know Jonathan. I heard you know he kind of mentioned that hey, you know, he kind of blew it on that, and he did. And I like Jonathan. I think he's a great coach. I really don't understand what the what he was really thinking on that. He really needs to explain that and then move on, you know what I mean? And But we could have won that game. If we had that field goal, we could have won that game, I believe. So I, uh, I, I'm i a Beaver fan. I'm just really perplexed by that call. You got anything else for it? 
I, I morning just like a day from Pemwater right now, but at least uh, I wanted to call in and, and give you my sense. All right, thank you, Drew. I appreciate you making some time for us on this early Sunday morning. Five four one four nine seven fifty three fifty six downward dog phone line University Honda text line. We do have a line open if you'd like to jump in. Well. Take a break before we get to any more phone calls. Let's get to the text line. <clears throat> Excuse me, I am trying not to lose my voice here. Um, <clears throat> Mark from Wyoming. <clears throat> uh, I can't wait to hear what, quote, BS coach speak explanation, uh, unquote, will be for how the first half ended when Jonathan has his Monday presser. Rip the Band-Aid off, John. Just admit you and your staff called a really, really bad, bad game on the road against a good, hot team. Thank you for that, Mark. Wayne from Albany adding in. Can't blame the kids. This one's on the coaches. They really got out coached. Jonathan Smith is now a recipient of the Dan Lanning Stupid Call of the Week Award. Thank you, Wayne. Uh, Kevin texting in. Obviously should have taken the field goal. More importantly, what happened with our defense? Seemingly little to no pressure on the quarterback. We can't seem to stop the run or the pass now. Why didn't we not lean more into the running game? Seems like we could have worn down. Uh, seems like we could have worn them down by running one to two uh, running plays, more than one to two running plays at a time. Good things still be ahead if we went out, but it will be tough. True that, Kevin. True that. Five four one four nine seven fifty three fifty six. The Beaver Post Game Colin Show is brought to you by University Honda. Twenty one fifty Northwest Ninth Street in Corvallis, or at uhonda.com. Text or call that number five four one four nine seven K E J O. We'll take a break and be back with more on Joe Radio. Bish's RV is all about school spirit. There's just one small problem. We can't use the school names or the mascots. We thought bleeping would work, but go and go might not send the right message. But no matter what, Bishes will be there for every pregame, tailgate, postgame, after party, and everything in between. So here's to another epic season for the green and yellow and the black and orange Bishes RV, where memories begin. The word delicious means highly pleasant to the taste. And that's a perfect description of High on the Hog Barbecue and Boba in Albany. The new drive through Memphis-style barbecue and boba restaurant in historic downtown Albany at 330 Lion Street has the dry-rubbed hickory meats, scratch-made sauces, and desserts to make your lunch and dinner taste, well, highly pleasant to the taste. High on the Hog Barbecue and Boba in Albany is waiting for you to experience delicious. Love your look at the Natty Dresser. Summer is fading into the past, and fall fashions are arriving at the Natty Dresser. You'll find a great selection of casual and business attire, hats to shoes and everything in between, and all of it can be tailored for you. Find the perfect fit. The Natty Dresser on the corner of 2nd and Rod Albin. Dress well, be confident, find success. Love your look at the Natty Dresser. The Natty Dresser at Albany. Come visit the OSHA Beaver Store, the official store for Oregon State University. Their nonprofit stores are run by a passionate team of Beaver fans just like you. For more than a century, the OSHA Beaver Store has been providing Beaver Nation with the best Beaver gear, gifts, and accessories. Stop into one of their stores or visit them online at OSHABeaverStore.com. Remember, as part of their nonprofit mission, your purchase directly supports OSU students. The OSHA Beaver Store, supporting student success since 1914. And go Beavs! 
Samaritan Health Plans offers the only locally managed Advantage plans for residents of Benton, Lincoln, and Lynn Counties. Starting at just $19 a month, you can get prescription drug coverage, a transportation benefit, comprehensive dental care, and more. Attend a non-obligation neighborhood meeting or webinar or talk to a local Medicare expert at 866-747-5267. That's 866-747-5267. Or visit samhealthplans.org slash Medicare. Samaritan Advantage Health Plans is an HMO with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Samaritan Advantage health plans depends on contract renewal. Back in the Beaver Post Game Call-In Show, TJ Matthewson and Garrett Dorschek from our Albany studios. This post game call-in show brought to you by University Honda. Drive home your new Honda from University Honda, the other university in Corvallis. Find them online at uhonda.com or go to their physical location at 2150 Northwest 9th Street. In Corvallis, across the way from us, about 20 minutes away. Steven Newberg texting in on the University Honda text line. Nice to see uh, Jimmy Valson get playing time. He and Noga and Munyagi are tall enough to be good targets, but Lindgren won't pair them up with Bolden or Gould, just as he won't use the running game uh, when it can be such a pillar for the offense. Very frustrating. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Mike texting in, won't criticize the college kids trying their best. The guys getting the big paycheck made the critical choices that derailed the remainder of the game. Overall, Smith has done wonderful things, but it seems like the gaffes uh, have been expensive. Thank you for that, Mike. Tyler adding in about ESPN's coverage. Nobody on any fan base ever wants Rod Gilmore calling their game. It isn't anti-OSU, it's just overall incompetence in broadcasting. Okay, thank you for that, Tyler. And Andy uh, saying, I just stress ate more candy than uh, young TJ had in fourth grade when he trick-or-treat in that nice neighborhood in Bellevue. It was actually Ballard, but uh, thank you for that, Andy. Uh, At least we get the Seahawks throwbacks this afternoon. Small consolidation. I'm looking forward to those. 541-497-5356, the Downward Dog phone line and the University Honda text line. Let's check in with Ryan. Ryan, good morning. Hey, good morning, TJ. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Um, I have to ask, TJ, like, obviously you don't, you don't have a ton of skin in the game because you're, like, from ASU, blah, blah, blah. But wh- what are your emotions after this game? What do you feel? I was really looking forward to the anticipation of the final two regular season games. I'll tell you that much. It's, it's not like they're not going to be important anymore, but they're just not going to be quite as important. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I, to be honest, I haven't listened to the whole call-in show because I'm really sad, really feeling down. But, um, you know, we try to get the ball to our playmakers, and even when we do, inside with Bolton, he fumbles the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's, a, that's huge. That's huge. In a, a tight game that's, you know favored it's probably going to go one way or the other and we we can't make plays it's hard yeah silas wasn't the only one childs did too and both of those were in big spots where you were in opponent territory i think both those were inside the 30 yard line of arizona and screwed up a play and you just throw away one of your three downs that you have to go get a first yeah and, and i don't know why we weren't running the ball i mean we were we were 
getting six, seven yards of play and running the ball, and we just had to throw it. And DJ looks scared back there. I, I, I love DJ. Okay, I'm on his side. I, I want him to play good, but he's looking scared back there like he won't let go of the ball. I don't know if I'd use scared. I would say hesitant. Come back. Um, I want to talk. No, come back. I want to talk to you guys after I'm done the phone. Oh, we got a okay. we got a party going on. <laughs> you got anything else, Dad Ryan? Yeah, I I just feel as though like I feel as though we should have got the run game going. Yeah. Um, DJ looks scared back there, and. Um, <coughs> I, I, I was worried about this game to begin with, and uh, it turned out kind of the way I thought it would. It, I don't know if I, I... I can't say I thought this was going to happen, though. I, I, I maybe had more trust in, in, in the... Uh, I maybe had more trust in, in, the, in the program and the team, and I guess less paranoia as a lot of you who have been Beaver fans significantly longer than I have been. So maybe just a little naive on my part. Yeah, well, you know, all we can all we can hope for is that we win a rivalry game at this point, and uh, I believe in them. All right, sounds good, Ryan. Enjoy the rest of your night. All right, good to hear from Ryan. Five four one four nine seven fifty three fifty six. Mark adding in. Didn't Rod Gilmore serve as an assistant coach at OSU several years back? I'm, I'm not the person to. Uh, inquire about that i wouldn't uh not totally sure but i can look that up we got a one last break to take let's take it right now we do have both phone lines open 541-497-5356 the downward dog phone line and the university honda text line i realize it is quite late for a lot of people but if you're up give us a call on the downward dog phone line we'd love to hear from you or you can shoot us a text if you don't want to get out of bed back with more on joe radio Tackle your to-do list this season and find the right Aetna Medicare plan for you in your home state of Oregon. With Aetna Medicare Advantage plans, you can get a zero-monthly plan premium with hospital, medical, and prescription drug coverage. Plans also include dental, vision, and hearing benefits. Be the star quarterback of your health. Call us for personalized coverage review now at 1-833-771-7542. TTY-711. Aetna Medicare is an HMO, PPO plan with Medicare contract. Our SMPs also have contracts with state Medicaid programs. Enrollment in our plans depends on contract renewal. Plan features and availability may vary by service area. The word delicious means highly pleasant to the taste. And that's a perfect description of High on the Hog Barbecue and Boba in Albany. The new drive through Memphis-style barbecue and boba restaurant in historic downtown Albany at 330 Lion Street has the dry-rubbed hickory meats, scratch-made sauces, and desserts to make your lunch and dinner taste, well, highly pleasant to the taste. High on the Hog Barbecue and Boba in Albany is waiting for you to experience delicious. Kitchenware, furniture, gifts, oh my, Inkwell Home Store. The Inkwell Home Store has been an Oregon shopping destination for over 50 years. Looking for furniture for your home or office? Some new cookware or a thoughtful gift idea? Stop by and explore what's new at the Inkwell Home Store. Quality service and family owned on 3rd Street, downtown Corvallis. Kitchenware, furniture, gifts, oh my, Inkwell Home Store. 
Kubota LX Series tractors are the number one rated tractor brand for durability and owner experience in the United States and are the answer to having quality, comfort, and versatility. Kubota LX Series tractors are four-wheel drive and come with easy-to-operate three-range hydrostatic transmission. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. Final segment on the Beaver Post Game Cullen Show. TJ Matthewson with you in our KEJO studios. Garrett Dorschek helping out on the phone lines. You can call or text 541 497 5356. The Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. This post game show brought to you by University Honda. 2150 Northwest 9th Street in Corvallis, or you can find them online at uhonda.com. Merrill Jr.'s on the line. Let's check in with Merrill Jr. Uh, do we have Merrill Puntergate? Is, did Andy frame it correctly? Oh, TJ, the special teams. And I think it's special teams, Gate. Okay, you know I'm the special team stickler here, okay? And I knew this would catch up to us, that we'd lose a game because of it, and we already lost Wazoo because of the fake punt, you know? But you hit the nail on the head with, I don't even care that they ran the fake field goal. It's that they ran it twice. The same play. Yeah. Yep. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, I really don't care, but come on. And how are you getting a delayed game on a field goal anyways? How, uh, is, how is that even happening? Poor execution. And I just, and then it's, our, our punter is not good. Like, he is not good. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, don't, don't, not going to say his name and all that, but he's just not good. And our, our pump coverage is bad. I mean, we're, we have guys running into each other on the coverage and it's just like, I, I just, I, we have a special teams coach that makes 350 grand. And I'm like, dude, what is this guy doing? It's just frustrating. And it's like, we can't even get our, we have two all American returners and we can't even get them on the field mm-hmm. to, to, to do that, and that's a huge uh, yes. But uh, as far as punter gate, okay, I had researched this punter for Arizona. He he looked because we had been playing, you know, the best punters in the country. It seems like the past like three weeks with Utah's punter, Cal's punter, and um, trying to think the other team who else was punter we played that was just insane. Um, but anyways. I'm pretty sure it was not their normal punter. However, after I was looking back, it was their normal punter, but he had the game of his life. Oh, and he only punted once, so that was the issue as well. It was a good Um, one. But overall, it's just the special teams, like that just, it it hurts me because it's what, 16 plays a game, and when you're not executing on half of them, it's like, come on. If any, if the defense doesn't execute on half, then the defense will get blamed. If the offense doesn't execute on half, the offense will get blamed. Yeah. But special teams is never the, as far as the coaching part of it, it's always like, you know, you see the gaps, but it's like, this is simple. Like, seriously, a delay a game on a field goal and then running the same play twice. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not sure. I think I saw this somewhere on Twitter, but it's like Jed Fish said he knew they were running the fake. It was like, what? You know, it's like he said, he, he said it in his post game. So, 
Anyways, not going to belabor that anymore, but how about this, TJ? Yeah. I need you to call the police because I think Arizona's cheating. I really do. There is no way that that they are misleading the public because there is no way that Fafita is five five eleven. Okay. <laughs> he is five two at best. I thought he was five three. He is five two at best though. I watched him stand next to their bowling ball running back who I have known about who's five nine. Listed as five nine. And Fafita and he looks like a giant compared to Fafita. There's no way he is 5'10 or 5'11, whatever he's listed at. That's illegal. They're lying. That needs to be investigated. Can you call the police on that for me? What was funny is it actually really worked to his benefit tonight. He got the the roughing the passer call because he was so short, and they scored a touchdown. We're on the same same pathway here, TJ. That was my next point. I mean, he's the guy's a genius. If he just lowers his head, his head is at at a normal player's stomach every time he gets tackled. So I'm surprised they didn't call the roughing on Chatfield, honestly, because it was actually worse, I thought, as far as contact to the head. But, you know, what's frustrating is they say that the penalty is contact to the head, you know, when they do that. But it's like DJ got hit in the head with a hand every once in a while, but he doesn't move because he's 6'5 and 400 pounds. Yeah, and the worst thing about Fafita is not only does he get thrown around easily, but the the, the roughing call. I think he hit him under the armpit. But you know, oh yeah, when you're that when yeah. you're that short, I guess everything blends together. Or when you're ducking into it, and it's like you know, and and that cost us seven points, and yeah. that's it is frustrating. But anyways, I'm I'm angry about that, but. I will say I the offense really so my my biggest thing was you know I look up I think it was third quarter and I think we had a drive going I don't even remember but I'm like wow it seems like we're doing whatever we want on offense except we have ten points it's very confusing yeah yeah and, I just felt we had like we had so many open receivers. Like we had, and we had all day to throw. We, mm-hmm. we hit him with a few gash run plays, and it seemed like you know we had a good rhythm, I guess, on offense too. But I'm like, how come we already we only have ten points? It was the weirdest feeling. Well, the 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 mix of incompletions didn't help, and and the lack of possessions, I would say, wouldn't help either. Yeah, and that's the other thing. It's like I do like our style of offense, but this is you know you get one of those games. I feel like every team that runs this style of offense, which is very few, but some do, get one of those games where you're just like, oh, you don't have very many possessions. So the margin for error is so thin. Yeah. Um, because you don't you have two like we had two back to back punts and it's just like, oh, we lost the game right there. Mm-hmm. And it's like you should you know, but in a normal game where there's what, ten possessions each team or twelve possessions, I don't know what the average is. Oh, if you have two bad ones, whatever. You know, you can just score on the other 10. But when you have two bad ones and you have 10 total possessions, it's like, that's not good. No, it's not, especially when you're looking at the first half and, you know, I see four first-half drives and, you know, uh, one, two. Well, Arizona only had three. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty crazy how how this works out sometimes. And you're right, it does – it really shrinks your – it really shrinks your margin for error and – so when you, you go, yeah, so then it gets down to the end of the game, and, and one of my biggest gripes, Merrill, is when you get down to the end of the game and you have you know, two fourth-quarter drives at you know, marginal field position to start, and you can drive down and score, and you run a combined eight plays and gain 13 yards and punt both times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's the thing. They they totally, I mean, we had a chance to win the game up 17-13, and they went super conservative. And that just bugged me because, I mean, I don't think our defense plays terrible at all, but it's just you're on the road at the time. I mean, we're down to a true freshman playing corner who hasn't played this whole year. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, he actually, uh, props to him, uh, Andre Piper Jordan, he, he stuck in there and played, but it's just like he, they've said it in the p- previous weeks when they've been down guys, they've had to play more pass protect and play two deep safeties, basically. And that's what I saw again today, and we're down a safety. That's yeah. the other thing. We're down a nickel, so we're playing – um, Connie at our other safety, and it's just like we don't have the depth. I think it's it's kind of sad we don't have the depth on that because of a few injuries. Um, and even you know losing Skylar Thomas for the whole year was huge. I mean, it hasn't been talked about at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but considering the preseason, you know, injury, but he could play any position for us, and he was a great player. Sitting six all up, six four. I mean, look, I think of him next to Fafita. <laughs> that would have looked like I think I think they would have said it was assault or something. Yeah, it would have been that Aaron Judge Jose Altuve photo. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But anyways, you know, it, it just it's just one of those games that it's frustrating more because I really don't think Arizona is actually better than the Beavers. Like no, when we lost to Wazoo, Wazoo played better than the Beavers did that day. And they have the unfortunately they've turned out to be pretty bad, but they they definitely played better than us. We shouldn't have won that game at all. But it's like we were we are a better team than Arizona, and I think currently we are too. Mm-hmm. And it's just to have the coaching strokes, you know. It's like, but I just the special teams thing for me, just doing the having those plays. I'm just like, come on! It's like you can't do that. And you know, Jonathan mentioned the short field in the post game. I think, but it's like, well, yeah, because our punter is not good. And our cover team is not good either. And, you know, we have some stat. They have some stat that they always say on the TV is, like, oh, we've allowed like nine total punt return yards or something like that. Well, yeah, because the guy can't kick it that far. So <laughs> you're not allowing punt return yards because the guy, we're fair catching everything, but it's a 40 yard kick. That's not good. Um, and the fact that it's like we, we don't have that. And, and again, Atticus has been great, but we refuse to even use them. It's like, come on, dude. So, anyways, light at the end of the tunnel, though, Teach, is that the USC has to lose one more game. Um, but they play UW, and UCLA, Oregon. and Oregon. So, it, as long as they lose one of those, which I, I think they will, if the Beavers went out, which they would have had to do anyways, they'll be in the Pac-12 championship because we'll have all the tiebreakers, and it'll be great. Um, Arizona does have to lose as well, I believe, but I would assume they will. I don't, again, I don't, I think that, I don't think their defense is that good. It seems like we could do whatever we wanted against them. They, they had one pressure where we didn't block their DN. That was the only pressure they really had the whole game. Uh-huh. Um, so anyways, there's still some light there. Uh, I'm still pumped about that part, you know, CFP, Yahoo, whatever. Um, but the, the biggest question I have for you, Teach, is it seems like Dilly has has little magic with, with Scataboo. I, I yeah. like to call him Scataboo, not Scatabo, you know? Uh-huh. Um, what do you think he can do against Landan in Tempe? Is that game? Do you think it, when is that game? It could be a little bit trappy. Is that next week? I, I couldn't tell you. 
I can yeah, I can look at it here really quick. Uh, I mean, they'll probably get pasted because I think Oregon looks pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I like what Kenny's done. I think he's done a done a good job. Okay, that's uh, November eighteenth. I do remember. Yeah, I remember the similar yeah. week. Uh, Merrill, yeah, I don't know if you remember. I'm, I'm sure you remember 2019, but Oregon played uh, played in Tempe the same week and uh, lost. That was a fun one. Yes, I think I talked to you on the post game. Okay, that so I yeah yes that far back. So, anyways, I think that that's where I'm like, you know, if you can tell Dilly to step it up and just take these games and just scout Oregon for the rest, that would be appreciated. Um. Because I still think they're they're going to be exposed at some point on the road. Um, hopefully, we will expose them at home. Um, but they did look pretty good today, unfortunately. And we, I swear, I think Land Danning was coaching our team. That's how bad the coaching was. <laughs> so, and and it's and it's not. I really would be interested. I hope somebody asked. You know, if the game plan was to throw it downfield more. Because I, you know, it's been talked about. There were no intermediate routes. I would agree with that for the most part. And I, but I think that was in the game plan. But you know, another caller mentioned this earlier. But we have such good receivers, but we cannot get them the ball in stride. I'm trying to re- remember one play, even in the past like few games, where we've hit a receiver in stride downfield and it's been like a, a touchdown, like deep. And Belling's been there, but an uh, actual receiver behind the defense because you see these guys, and it's like I was laughing, like great throw by Childs on the on the Gould play, right? But I was laughing because I was just like, okay, how is the defender even close to him? Because he beat him off the line by ten yards. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I, th- I think like, there was one in the UCLA game, wasn't there? Other than Belling, I I feel like it, I guess I guess uh, Bolden Bolden had that. You know, you're right. You're right. So I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like you really need with our offense. You really need to hit those deep passes because the margin for error is thin. Mm-hmm. And it's like we still can't. We have the guys to do it on the outside. That's the frustrating part. We do have the playmakers, but anyways. Uh, now, lastly, sure. Is why was Hodgins not playing? Do you know? Uh, he was out. He was in sweats. But. As far but as I know. So it was an injury of some sort. I would imagine. Yeah. That I was just, I was surprised coming off of a bye, just having that injury, then Cooper still being out, and then just the lot, just the Jonathan has not been good off buys. I think he's maybe 500 off the bye. And it's just a weird, you know, some coaches I feel like are really good off of a bye. And you would think our coaching staff would be because I, I do think we have a good coaching staff as far as game plan mm-hmm. and, and exposing other teams to weaknesses and whatnot. But it's like, we, we just, we don't do it for some reason. So anyways, don't worry though. Coach Prime, did you see this? I was told by a source, and, and this is real, that Coach Prime in the pregame had a beard but then in the post game, he did it like a beard on his face. Oh, I'll have to look into that. That's interesting. And didn't I, help him out. Andy though. and Mitch, I know Andy and Mitchell gave that to me, so it better be right, or else we're going to go on Beard Gate. All right, it's not going <laughs> to be Puncher Gate. It's going to be the Beard Gate. So, anyways, 
that's all I got, Teach. I do right. like the Sun Devils fight. And I was gonna, one one last thing category. for me, Merrill. Let me let me jump in here. Fire you're, away. You're, you're, yeah. you're sure you called me after that game four years ago? I don't think you did. I wasn't here. <laughs> if you weren't there, well, it, it, it would have been Josh. Yeah, would have been Josh. Yeah, because I, I, I just loved it. it because Merrill, I was yeah. calling that game at ASU. <laughs> I couldn't have oh, been here. That's even better. Yeah, <laughs> that's even better. Maybe I called you anyway. Though, yeah, I, I, have a, universe, I have a highlight you know? package somewhere on my computer. If you want to, me and Chris Fowler said the same word at the end of that uh, Brandon Ayuk touchdown. It was pretty great. Okay, beautiful. Please tweet that out, Teach. I'd love to watch it. Okay, I'll do that. Thanks for calling in, Merle. <laughs> All right, I think that's a good way to wrap it up. Andy uh, does have one last text to add in. Merrill Jr.'s point, offensive line ate them alive, and we did not take advantage of it. Super frustrating. We destroyed them, destroyed them at the line of scrimmage. How do we not do more? Yep, I think that's the way most people feel, uh, guys. Appreciate the calls and the texts into the show tonight. For Garrett Dorshek, I'm TJ Matthewson. Appreciate you tuning in to this edition of the University Honda Beaver Postgame Call-In Show. Find them online at uhonda.com or in Corvallis at 2150 Northwest 9th Street. We'll be back next week, similar time. It's the Beavers and the Colorado Buffaloes. Another late kickoff, another late Beaver postgame call-in show. Until then, we'll talk to you later on 1240 Joe Radio.